0: On today's episode, we're going to discuss, you know, why are college athletes joining support groups? And also, you know, what's up with the Aaron Rodgers situation with the Packers? Uh, but first, I, I want to bring in our second host. What's up, Elliot? How you doing, Mondo? I'm doing great, man. Just another day researching sports stuff, getting ready for the Canelo fight tonight. You excited for that?
1: Oh, I'm just very excited for this. All right, man. I'll be watching
0: I'm definitely going to be watching it with the fam. Uh, so, you want to get into it?
1: Yeah, let's get into it.
0: All right. So, the first topic revolves around the COVID pandemic. And before we get into it, we just want to offer our condolences to those who have lost loved ones throughout this difficult year. COVID has impacted us in many ways and also affected college athletes in many ways as well. By disrupting practices, team bonding, conditioning, playtime, even being able to spend time with their families... COVID has changed the way college athletes operate completely, both physically and mentally. Uh, One way I've seen them try to cope with this and all the mental stresses that come with the pandemic is by forming support groups full of, you know, other college athletes, coaches, staff. And the reason why we need to use these coping strategies more often is to help meet the needs of the athletes. Uh, This is often seen in Maslow's hierarchy of needs, which has five different, segments to a pyramid you have physiological needs which is like your food your water your warmth and rest that's like your basic needs you have your safety needs which is your security and safety uh your belongingness and love needs which is your relationships your friends your significant others your esteem needs which is your prestige your feeling of accomplishment and then at the top is the self-actualization which is achieving one's full potential so what I want to do with you, Ellie, is kind of break down each section of this pyramid into, you know, how it's impacting college athletes.
1: Yeah, before we start, too, I'd also like to um, share my condolences with all the families that were lost and the friends that were lost during these difficult times. Um, sorry for this. I'm sorry this had to happen. And I wish the best to everyone who's out there still struggling uh, and trying to cope with all these, these issues.
0: Yeah, it's, it's been a real difficult time, man. It really has. The yeah, I'm most important all,
1: time is now.
0: Yeah, we're almost on the other side of it. Thank God. So, but let, let's get into this real quick. So as far as physiological needs go, it, it may not seem like much at the surface, food, water, whatever, but people don't understand that with college athletes, their whole day is structured. So they get certain meals, they get water at certain times they get a certain amount of rest every day and when you take out everything that they're used to they lose that bottom level of the pyramid which is hard to build on on top of it right
1: yeah i mean you need a strong base and uh the strongest base is a healthy a healthy body first of all and then that can lead into a healthy mind which comes into the top of the pyramid but as you know in a lot of college athletes like you said they're structured there's structured times of eating. There's mm-hmm. structured places to be. And like even on campus, there, there are dining halls where all college athletes can go and, and have meals together too. So they can share their experiences with other athletes. And this is one of the things that were just taken out of the equation when, when COVID hit and they, they lost that structure. They lost that, that drive that they needed to, to be somewhere every day at a certain time that's hard. you know, they gotta, they gotta make their own time now.
0: Yeah. And then as we keep moving up, you'll see, like, it doesn't get any easier. Right. So you get the safety needs. Well, we're in a pandemic. You're away from your family at college. You can't be near them because of uh, the guidelines. So you can't meet your safety needs. There's no security for you. The only way you are is if you're by yourself in an apartment and don't leave. It's just a really tough level to be able to hit during this covid nineteen
1: yeah, and a lot of people uh use different strategies throughout the pandemic to cope with these while while they weren't getting the needs that they needed, um especially the safety, nobody was safe, nobody knew if they were safe. you didn't know if you could go step outside and get this disease and and then and, and suffer from it um this virus, yeah, uh, yeah.
0: And then you move to your belongingness and love needs it's hard to keep a relationship in person because you can't go see them their social distancing guidelines still in place today so you can't go out and hang out with your friends in public all the time you can't go home and see your family all the time it's just been really rough on these athletes which also moves them into like the esteem needs issue Uh, how are you going to get a feeling of accomplishment if you can't do the basic stuff that you've been used to your entire life up to this point, there's, there's just no way to really do that.
1: There's no reinforcement. You're right. Yeah. Um, and when you, in order to be successful, you need the positive reinforcement. You need something to back you up and accomplishment. You need someone to say, Hey, like you did a great job today. And these athletes thrive on that. I and mean, that's the whole thing whole oh, reason we do athletics, right? It's to feel accomplishment, feel happy, mm-hmm. um, feel feel good, self esteem, and when when the bottom of the pyramid is corrupted, so is the rest.
0: Yeah, without those four layers, like there's just no way of hitting that self actualization, which is why you're seeing these support groups come into play. They're trying to help build these athletes back up and get them to kind of where they were as we're coming on the tail end of the pandemic. So it's, uh, it's difficult.
1: Yeah, the, the way this whole uh structure of needs, the hierarchy of needs for Maslow is, is is built up is on the pyramid level. You know, when you when you see a pyramid and you, you look at its base and it's broken, you can't continue to stack more bricks on, on top of it or else it's just gonna crumble. The more bricks you have on top, on top on top of an unstable, unstable bottom is gonna be worthless. So I think the hardest part of it when they had to come back was to first build these athletes back into the proper shape they were in, you know, fulfilling right. that physiological need. And uh, that, that, that alone takes months. It takes months to condition yourself back into where you were. And especially into the peak physical shape that they were in, you know, like you're these are players that are going to be drafted into the pros and be lifelong athletes. And if you take out, five months at minimum that they can't work out in a structured workout place and getting the proper food that they need and the proper care they need, they're not going to be able to fill that,
0: fill that yeah, bottom man. layer. It's and clearly you know, going to impact their mental health, as it has with so many other people who aren't even college athletes.
1: Which is, yeah, like, I mean, this is why we're talking about it. It's good if, you, if you're out there and you need someone to talk to, make sure you talk to them about it 100%. because we all go through this whether you're a student athlete too or you're just a regular citizen. Um, everyone needs to fulfill these hierarchy of needs because that's how we become happy. That's how we become good people.
0: Exactly.
1: Um, which brings us down to our nature and nurture approach, which is a great, uh, great comparison for what they were talking about in, in, um, in the article that I actually just read uh, about their coping strategies for the athletes. Where there you have two types of coaches. You have coaches that are a win at all cost mentality, which is ingrained in a lot of coaches. Um, and then you have which is a lot about the nature of the coaches, right. who they yeah. are, how they're built. But then you have the nurturing. You have you have some athletes who need the care and they need their coaches to say, hey, you're doing well today. Hey, like uh, oh, I think you should improve on this. And I want you to be better and nurtured into a great athlete. Um, both of these were taken out of the equation when when COVID hit and people were forced to go away from their coaches, away from their their teammates, and a lot a lot of the coaches that you see now, like you know, are, are ruthless and they they're more ego driven in their environment. And they thrive um, basically off winning, and now a lot of the coaches have had to switch up that mentality and move the, more to a, a nurturing environment where they. They try to consolidate their their athletes and console them into feeling better. Yeah, yeah
0: I mean, that's true. Uh, I've seen it up close and personal. I've seen coaches on the UF campus have to switch up the way that they've been coaching for years. You know, D1 athletes just aren't going to be responding the same because of something that changed their mentality so much.
1: Yeah, I mean, studies have even shown uh, – that the coaches that are developing more of a nurture approach have been more successful in bettering their athletes into uh, a better, better self-actualization and better mentality in general, Uh, which brings up, you know, the lack of positive reinforcement that has been seen about this, um, this time, you know, when you're, when you're out, you step on out on the field, you you hope for that reinforcement that, right. Hey, like these guys are going to clap for me. These guys are even going to boo for him, boo at me. And that, that fuels you that when you go up and, and win a game, you can't go out and win a game because there aren't any games to be played. What do you do then when you can't go and into the weight room and your coaches would be yelling at you, like you could do it, you can do it. And push that, push that extra pound. You know, that right. doesn't happen. And, And people need that.
0: Well, you know, and I kind of look at it as using reinforcers, right? So you can't really use primary reinforcers because you're not allowed to use money in the college setting. So the use of secondary reinforcers are going to be crucial, such as, you know, just simply saying good job, high fives, just making sure you're checking in on your players is going to be so important in continuing to develop the relationships and just develop the mental health that may have been affected by the pandemic.
1: Perfect alliteration, Uh, which brings us actually to our next topic of Aaron Rodgers. Uh, You know, Aaron Rodgers has been in the news recently because of his lack of reinforcement by his team. Um, He's been he's a three time MVP and only won one Super Bowl with the Green Bay Packers. Um, He's he's the QB of the Green Bay Packers. uh, And People are calling him out. His team is calling him out. They don't, they don't know if yeah. they want him. Uh, but the crazy part about it is what are they doing for him? What, what, what do you think?
0: You know, exactly. It's, it's really been a what have they done for Aaron Rodgers over the past decade? There's been no offensive picks in the draft over the past couple of years, aside from guess who? A quarterback. And you're basically saying, oh, yeah, we're just planning to get rid of you. To a future Hall of Famer, like it makes no sense to me why the Green Bay Packers just won't give Aaron Rodgers the resources he needs. I really don't understand it. The only thing I could see why they why they don't want him back is maybe. I
1: mean, obviously, we're not we don't have any of the news besides what's been given to us. Uh, But there could have been a deal back last year where, like, all right, you got one more season left in you. And they, they obviously weren't shooting to be the
0: best. Um, then what happened? Aaron Rodgers won the MVP. And so, by convincing fashion, too. Really carried my fantasy team, you know? <laughs> got, got to throw that in there. <laughs> <laughs> so do we
1: keep the guy? Do we continue to try to build something with him the next year, or do we toss him in the trash and try to keep going? Um, yeah, are, are his – Hierarchy of needs being filled with the Packers.
0: Definitely not, man. You want to dive into this?
1: Yeah, I mean, you know what's crazy is that well, despite – I mean, a lot of people are driven for different reasons, right? For me, as we'll get into later, it's a lot about anger. I channel my anger, and that's that's how I, you know, I thrive on competition. Um, so do you think maybe – because he's obviously achieving his self-actualization up until this point. Where mm-hmm. he won the MVP, he proved all the haters wrong and and his even his team wrong. And saying, okay, I'm 38 years old. I don't know how much I more I can do. He said, No, I'm 38 years old and I'll show you what I can do. And yeah. it shows to show you there's a lot of, you know, a lot of different ways that you can you can achieve these goals.
0: You know, and I think like the biggest issues like we're seeing him face is definitely the the safety needs and the belongingness and love needs, right? So with the safety needs, like he's not getting his resources that he needs. And that's a crucial part of that section of the pyramid. He's not getting his wide receivers. He's not getting his tight ends. He's only getting defensive players and a backup quarterback to the MVP. Like that just doesn't make sense to me. And then you also look at the relationships. He has an awful relationship with the GM. He said he won't return to the team if the GM's still there. So like, what, what are your thoughts on that? Cause I, i just don't understand it.
1: I don't know. It sounds like he's got some issues lying in, in the back of his head with the team and who, who knows if even this has been building up for a while And his, his last season was, was to show them that, you know, I see you guys trying to play around me and trying to get rid of me, but I'll show you that I'm not one to get rid of uh, and, mm-hmm. and continue to try to to prove them wrong in that safety aspect because obviously he isn't safe. He's not safe with his team. He's not safe with his GM, um, which obviously I guess hasn't hindered him too much. But it goes to a point of when does it get at you too much? And and we actually saw in a, he was at the Kentucky Derby and he was wearing the, the name tag and <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> I, I don't know.
1: I think it said what is it? Turd 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 Ferguson Turd Ferguson. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe that. That was a shot saying, "Hey, is this how you guys look at me?"
0: Because I'll show everyone else is this, this is how everyone looks at me. Exactly. You know, I actually just stumbled across an article while we were researching this earlier, and it's about Terry Bradshaw and Aaron Rodgers. Now, for those of you that don't know, Terry Bradshaw is a Hall of Fame quarterback from the Steelers. He's currently an NFL commentator, but he's calling Aaron Rodgers weak for his stance with the Packers, which, frankly it is honestly due to the different eras that we've seen that both Terry Bradshaw and Aaron Rodgers have played in, you know, when Terry Bradshaw played, this was a stick to the same team, no matter what you are going to kill a man on the field, there's way less penalties. It was just a hardcore head to head fight type of era. And you had your teammates backs, no matter what. Right. So then you go and look at the current NFL today. And you can clearly see clearly the different tiers of players in the league and how they're treated. So for Aaron Rodgers being that franchise player, he, he's not getting the love he needs from his organization. His staff doesn't have his back. The front office doesn't have his back. And that's not something you would have seen, you know, 30 years ago. It's not something you would have seen 40 years ago. So just the way it's changed and how QBs are seen as divas just because of the penalties in place – it, it gives a bad look to a situation that may not actually deserve a bad look. As much as I'm all for staying with the same team throughout your whole career, if that team's not going to help you out, why stay? Why force it? Yeah, he might love Green Bay. He might love the fans, but the team clearly doesn't love him back. And I feel like, you know, you could tie this into a lower self-efficacy. And, you know, self-efficacy is the, the belief that one can succeed. Well, without the resources he needs, how is he supposed to? There's just no way. Exactly. This topic is just so frustrating to me as a big fan mm-hmm. of Aaron Rodgers. Like this man hasn't gotten help ever, ever. And yeah, he might have Devonte Adams now, but Devonte Adams can only do so much. He needs more help uh, at the receiving core. And, you know, you're a big Patriots fan. You've seen how Tom Brady got That's all the help he needed, right? Yeah.
1: I mean, everyone bowed down,
0: everyone bows down to Tom
1: Brady. And I think that that kind of, that kind of sheds light on Aaron Rodgers that he's always been the secondary to Tom Brady's mm-hmm. spotlight. You know, Tom Brady's out here winning a bunch of Super Bowls, getting MVP, um, showing up Aaron Rodgers. But when you put him head to head, like they're just as good, they're just yeah. as good as each other. And but you know what happened? Tom Brady has always had the wide receivers, the offensive line that he's needed, the defensive line that he's needed, uh, the, the good coach that he's wanted and and everything that he, he's needed in, to reach that self-actualization and, and realizing he is the greatest of all time. Where where you have Aaron Rodgers, who has all these people yelling at him like you weren't that good, like you you're weak, you're you're tired, you're not you're not up to your full potential. So he's got to fight from the other side, like the underdog, Mm -hmm. he's always been. And it's the same with you, like it makes me mad because I think Aaron Rodgers is a great player, but the way he's treated and the way that he's always been treated is is not good because they're scared to build a team around him, but he is the franchise player. He is the person you think of when you think of Green Bay. So why not think about him until he decides to retire?
0: Yeah, you know, and we see it with Tom Brady, right? Tom Brady is one of the, like, quite literally the greatest player in NFL history, the greatest quarterback of all time. And he wasn't getting what he wanted out of the Patriots at the end of the day. Uh, He ended up losing a lot of his teammates that he's been around forever. And he's had a feud with the head coach and Bill Belichick. And finally, he said he had enough and he left during free agency and went to the Buccaneers. Now, what did Bruce Arians do for him? Oh, he just brought in uh, arguably the greatest tight end of all time, (laughs) the greatest wide receiver of the decade in Antonio Brown. You have two all-pro receivers in Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. Uh, You trade for one of the best young running backs in football in Leonard Fournette, and then you start building this – top-tier defense through the draft, through trades. And all of a sudden, look, you have this Super Bowl-winning Buccaneers team. And so I think it's going to be interesting going forward with Aaron Rodgers. You know, is he going to get traded and go somewhere else? Or is he going to stay here and make the GM go away? And it's honestly, Aaron Rodgers is in control in this situation. Whatever Aaron Rodgers says is going to happen. So if he yeah. wants out, he's gone. Like that's just the way it's going to be. And you you can kind of tie it into locus of control, right? Mm-hmm. So Yeah, I mean, yeah. he's got
1: an internal locus of control where where he can control his own fate and, by leaving and hopefully playing for an organization that wants him to win and wants to work around him or he can focus on his external locus of control and whether the Packers want want him to say so there's two totally different scenarios of who's gonna control this. Is it gonna be Green Bay or is it gonna be Aaron Rodgers?
0: Right. What do you what do you think? Do you think it's gonna be Green Bay? So there's a couple situations that are realistically gonna happen here. One Aaron Rodgers stays, the GM goes, and they start building the team how he wants it. Two, Aaron Rodgers straight up just retires and just says, you know what? F this. I want no part of it, not even a little bit. Or, you know, they either trade him and get an overhaul in players, draft picks, money considerations, et cetera, you know, or release him, which is highly unlikely. And it'll be a ridiculous cap hit if they do. So, uh, you know, me personally, I would love to see him get traded to an organization that actually wants him. Now, like I said, this is coming from the guy who believes that you should stay with the organization that drafted you until the day you retire, and that's just building off like being a Derek Jeter fan, and he was with the Yankees his entire career and was the captain of the team. You know, if Aaron Rodgers doesn't get treated the way he should, he should honestly leave. It's just a completely different era. You know, more players are more franchise players, I should say, are starting to leave to join teams that you know, may actually help them. You saw it in the NBA when they were forming super teams to get rings and how the Brooklyn Nets are doing it this year. You're starting to see it in the MLB, how people are starting to chase contracts with uh, contenders like Trevor Bauer did in the offseason with the Dodgers. And, you know, now it's definitely in the NFL where the players seem to have a little bit more control. And now these superstar QBs are just saying, look, you're not helping me. I'm gone. That's it. End of story. Right. Yeah. He's definitely got to utilize his internal locus of control. He's a, he's an
1: MVP winner. He's a Super Bowl winner. He's, he's a great quarterback. He's a lovable person. So he he shouldn't let anyone decide his fate. It should be all up to him uh, at the end of the day, because he is Mm -hmm. the, the second greatest quarterback in the NFL right now and should be treated like it and shouldn't be tossed around like a like a rag of meat.
0: Exactly. Now, if I were to ask you, right, you're headed into the draft a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. You have a two-time MVP in Aaron Rodgers. And you see that, yeah, he had a down year, but he's still Aaron Rodgers. Would you have drafted a QB, or what would you have done?
1: You know, I probably... Wouldn't have
0: drafted a QB
1: until after I talked to him. Maybe they did talk to him, uh, but it sounds like you didn't. And would have been like, all right, we'll, we'll ride your boat for a couple more years, but this is the end. Um, mm-hmm. And we'll work with you until you want to retire, but this guy is going to be sitting behind you. Uh, I definitely wouldn't have drafted a QB in the first round. I would have, I would have probably gotten a fourth round, third round QB. Um, because, I mean, QBs are everywhere. You can get a quarterback anywhere. Uh, And with the same skill, it's about the coaching. It's about who is he working under. And you saw that with Tom Brady. I mean, he was drafted very low. And you know what? He ended up being great. It's not always about the clout that's around you. It's about the mentality that you have and the well-being of the person you are. And it, it also involves who you're around. And I think they should have drafted a QB while Aaron Rodgers is still there because then they can show him – well, he can show him what what to do, how to win, how to be successful, and how to ask for what you want. But I don't think they should have t- taken him so high in the standings. I think they should have gotten someone better, like a wide receiver or an op- a better offensive line to keep him protected. Uh, exactly, man. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, don't, don't utilize one of your greatest picks and in, in something that you already have.
0: Right. I mean, I, as we were researching it, I, I was watching First Take, Get Up, you know, all these shows and watching the different segments they have about Aaron Rodgers. Guess what? They all say the same thing. Aaron Rodgers is in control here. He can decide what the Packers do and what other teams do around the league. That's just the kind of influence he has. If he wants to go somewhere, he's going to say, look, trade me to this team and you'll get this back. End of story. You should do what Aaron Rodgers says, period. Like, that's just the way it should be. Uh, And I've looked at what the Packers are saying, and their general managers are saying, oh, yeah, he'll be back. He'll come play for us. No, he won't. He won't. You want to know why? Because you don't take care of the man. If you don't take care of him, he's not going to come back.
1: Yeah, I mean, you got to satisfy all of his needs.
0: Exactly.
1: If even one brick is broken, and the whole pyramid's at at, uh, risk of falling down. And It sounds like that's where the Green Bay Packers are headed. They're going to be in last place without Rodgers. Yeah,
0: they're going to be struggling without Aaron Rodgers. Because guess what? They still don't have a receiving core. So when Jordan Love comes up as QB, he's not going to be able to do anything. They're going to yeah. be tragically bad. And they just re-signed Aaron Jones. They're running back to a fat extension. Yeah, he's good. But what good is it if you don't have a passing game? None. Exactly.
1: I mean, 90% of the, of the league is moving into more passing, uh, less rushing, uh, longer yardages and longer throws. And that's one thing that Aaron Rodgers is great at. Um, but it, at the end of the day, you know, you, you got to satisfy the person that's been making the most for you. Yeah, and, and this whole, aren't, then... like,
0: this whole diva culture around QBs is just so ridiculous. Your QB is your most important player. You should do whatever it takes to please them. Make sure you're hitting that pyramid of needs. Make sure you're doing everything you can to keep that man happy on your team and throwing the ball like Aaron Rodgers does. You know, the the mental impacts are vast in this situation. You got Aaron Rodgers, who is just absolutely angry with what's been going on this past decade, right? They won in 2011 and have basically been, you know, playoff team since then, but can't seem to get by because they don't have enough weapons. You have the Packers front office. We're just like, oh, yeah, you know, we pay him, so he'll show up. Yeah, no, that's not going to work. That's not a good reason. And, and then you have his teammates, right? These teammates have been around him forever. They know who Aaron Rodgers is since before they were in the league. And if you see this man who's one of your friends, one of your boys for life, is just unhappy and willing to leave you to go to a different team because of the front office, you're going to be pretty upset too. It's going to weigh on you a little bit. So hmm. just the whole situation itself is just kind of ridiculous to me. You we sold that taking care of
1: him. We saw that with uh, JJ Watt too, and mm-hmm. Sean, uh, Sean Watson, and that you know he knows that like the team hasn't been treating him correctly. The front office isn't on his side. Um, I mean, also all that stuff came out. Maybe they knew about that ahead of time before the rest of the team. But um, you know, you, you got you got to make sure the whole team is happy. And if one, if you're Number one guy, your QB, your head of the team, your, your father figure on, right. on the squad is unhappy. I mean, the rest of the team is going to be unhappy, too. And that mm-hmm. means they're just going to perform at a lesser degree.
0: I could see a little, little domino action coming in the future. Once Aaron Rodgers is out, maybe Devontae Adams requests a trade, too. He wants to go somewhere with a good QB. He doesn't want to help yeah. rebuild a franchise that clearly doesn't care about their players that much. So it's. I think this is definitely going to be a story to keep watching over the coming weeks and maybe into the coming years, because there could be a very serious domino effect here with players. So, but for now, you know, we're just gonna to have to sit here, keep watching. But you want to get into our Q and A section today? Yeah, let's run it all right so the first question that i have for us today you know these are going to be a couple fun ones just something to relax after that that little heated session we had so the first is uh what is your favorite sports movie
1: oh this is a great question uh my favorite sports movie is actually the bench i think it's one of the <laughs> funniest movies of all time and you know I think it's crazy because of the story it follows, you know, it follows a um, a team, a rag team of outcasts that had no one to believe in until, you know, a billion dollar outcast comes in and decides to help them and give them a voice and, and show everyone that, you know, just because you look different or you act different or you're, or you're a little kooky or quirky that you can still be a great athlete. You can show everyone up and, and, you know, mm-hmm. nobody wants to be bullied and bullying is awful and it should be, it shouldn't be a thing. Uh, but it shows that even people that better look different or act different can be great. And it's a heartwarming movie with great moments and clever jokes. And, you know, I think it, I just think it shows you that, you know, anyone can do it. Yeah. Um, and always believe in yourself even. And when no one else can believe in you, you always have you. Oh, ben, man. Yeah, man.
0: Benchwarmers definitely one of one of my favorite movies. Probably gonna watch that today. Honestly, <laughs> you know, it's it's just so great. It's such a heartwarming story. And it's just funny. It really is.
1: Yeah. Now, what about you? What's your favorite movie? So
0: sports I movie? I kind of divided this into two questions. So the first is like my favorite like serious sports movie, which is Remember the Titans. Everyone has to have seen it at least once. And if you haven't, you need to watch it today. The ability for one team to come together in a time where racism is at its worst in this country. And they come together, they they make friendships that last forever, and they form a community that backs this team of desegregation and just like a great – it's just a great feel-good story. And it just – it, it really kind of ties into today and how we as a society need to be more accepting of everyone and how we shouldn't be looking at, for ways to hate, but ways to love and hang out and just enjoy each other's company. Yeah.
1: I mean, that's great. It's definitely something that needs to be talked about. Um, and it is being talked about more because, you know, no one should be judged based off their race, gender, mm-hmm. ethnicity, anything. Uh, they should be judged by what's in their soul and who the person they are. Um, yeah. yeah. It's a great pick. So, if you, if you siphon this off to another side, what was your, what was your funny one?
0: So, I, I went with a, like one of the funniest movies I've ever watched, Talladega Nice. Oh. Now, it, oh, if you're a younger a kid, uh, I don't recommend <laughs> watching this because it is a little, <laughs> little, a little graphic and, older for older audiences especially but the movie's so funny uh but there is also like a good message in it where you know if you get knocked down and you're at rock bottom there's always a way to find like to crawl back up and you saw that with ricky bobby who i now i won't spoil it for people but you know he got knocked down by the middle of the movie was struggling paralyzed quit racing. <laughs> And then he builds himself back up to this elite race car driver. And, you know, being from, I I lived in North Carolina for eight years, so I've seen the ins and outs uh, of the racing country, and that hits it to a T, which makes it even funnier for me. I I I love that movie. It's so great. So, Uh,
1: Also, rest in peace, Houston Tumlin. He was the mm -hmm. uh, child actor of Ricky Bobby's kid and he died recently. He was 28.
0: Yeah. Rest um, in peace. So I guess I should throw it back to you. Cause I, I gave two movies. So like, if you were to pick a more serious one, like kind of, what would you pick? Uh, mine would actually be,
1: we are Marshall. Uh, because one, well, my sister actually went to Marshall for a year and that was before I knew like everything that happened. And, um, mm-hmm when I learned about that, it gave me more respect for, you know, the athletes and, and, mm-hmm. you know, when, I mean, if you don't know what happened, uh, a group of athletes at Marshall died ax- a plane wreck and everyone died on the plane. Um, They're going to be a great team. Uh, and it just shows you that like anything can happen at any time. And you always got to be prepared for the worst and hope for the best. And and treat every moment like it's your last because you never know.
0: You you know what I'm thinking we could do in the future? Because, you know, we're a sports psychology podcast and we we do talk about current events in sports. But we also want to bring in the, you know, the mental ties. So maybe a segment in the future we could do is we break down some movies for one of our episodes. And we just go into the mental impacts throughout the storyline like that. Like if someone like if you guys are interested, yeah. let us know because Gotta we're always it. looking for new ideas. So it'd be
1: nice. We could all have a movie time before a podcast drops, and then we go into detail. Have yeah. some popcorn,
0: little notepads, and yeah. Funny or not, there's always a message bears. behind these sports movies. So you know, yeah. we can dive into it if you guys want to, just let us know. But, uh, you know, I think it's time to move on to our, to our next question. This is one that, you know, we get asked a lot just by our friends in general. Uh, but what are your top five songs, you know, to listen to before you compete?
1: Well, I'll just go first and I'll give you a little background going into why listening to certain songs is important if you want to be successful as an athlete. You know, you've you got to have a couple of songs that you go to your go-to's to get you hyped, get you motivated, get you out there, get you focused. And uh, it all goes through classical conditioning. So playlists and and set hype songs are great ways for transitioning certain skills you wish to portray into your long-term memory through classical conditioning. And for those of you who don't know, classical conditioning is first coined by Ivan Pavlov. And it's a theory that asserts that there's a stimulus, there's a response to a stimulus. So... Uh, the more frequent and conditioned that stimulus is, the higher likelihood that there is a response that will be elicited and triggered. So for example, with music and athletic performance, the conditioned stimulus is the music and the conditioned response is the hyper-focus on the performance and the game mentality. So the objective is after a while um, there. The conditioned response will occur without the actual presence of the stimulus so to go an example like for me my favorite hype song of all time is lose yourself
0: by eminem great one this is my one. first
1: first rap song i ever listened to i remember i was sitting on the couch and i come into it and i hear lose yourself i'm like wow wow
0: <laughs> <laughs> same reaction i had man <laughs> <laughs> this guy is
1: telling me he's telling me a story about how how you need to seize the moment. you need to just go out there and lo- I'm getting chills. you' need to go out <laughs> there and, and lose yourself and treat every moment like it's your last and like that you, that you want it. Um, so I listen to this song before every sporting event and before every match that I go out and wrestle, before every uh, lacrosse game when we we're on the bus getting out there. For every uh, baseball game, when I was about to take the field, yeah, man, this elicited it, it my brain to be hyper focused, and I would listen to the lyrics, and I would, I would be, I would respond by, by being mentally in the zone. And even now, when I don't even have to listen to the song, I start thinking about it. I start, I start. All right, I'm going to the gym. What am I gonna do? I need to be focused. I need to, I need to be training, and immediately what goes through my head lose yourself
0: lose yourself in the moment real quick for those of you that don't know elliot and i work out together uh almost every day so i'll catch him you know at least (laughs) once each gym session singing this song just so you know that oh and when i get into it i get into it too i'm out there i dance
1: I'm (laughs) i'm a very extroverted man uh I go out there and I'll just be kooky. I like to be weird. I like to be different. And that goes to all of you out there listening too. Don't be afraid to be different and lose yourself. But back to the matter at hand, you know, uh, in operant conditioning, or classical conditioning rather, you you want that response to be triggered by um, listening to the song. So every time you listen to the song, you will go into your zone, you'll go into your happy place, you'll go into your focus stage. So my other four songs, to answer the question, are Not Afraid, Love the Way You Lie, Prom Queen, and Beware. They feature two of my most favorite artists, Eminem, and Will Wayne, the best rapper of all time. Um, Wow. And and every time I listen to it, you know, I get in the zone. And you need to be in the zone if you wanna win. Uh, I'll catch myself, you know, when I'm, um, I'll go to the basketball games here at UF and, and not all of them are allowed to wear headphones, right? Before they're out there when they go on and they catch the, uh, go on the basketball court. And I'll catch all of them, you know, when we're out there, they have the hype songs on. They got Drake. Um, and I'm sure they, they got his new song out there too. What is it called?
0: i mean there's there's oh, like the three or four of them that are out right <laughs> <laughs> that's true probably like, out there. needs would be my guess
1: they're out there in um in the zone and you know what helps getting that music because it combines two ways of think uh two sensors uh and sensory neurons you know you got your your ears and your eyes because you got to focus on what you're doing while you're listening and sometimes I mean, you can either close your eyes. I like closing my eyes, just
0: head popping, just popping. Yep.
1: Yeah, but yeah, yeah. It's it's all about conditioning. If you can condition yourself towards success, then you can be successful. Um. And so
0: now, are your are the best ways? Are your songs tied to good or bad memories or emotions?
1: Yeah. So um, lose yourself. At, at mine is is a mix. Um so when you when you listen to music, sometimes you'll know, listen to different emotions for different songs like right. you can listen to classical music and it makes you feel all relaxed and jazzy <laughs> or, or you can listen to you know rap and go hardcore or country and feel like you want to kick your boots up and, and sit back. Um, but when I'm out there going about the field, I listen to all, I listen to these five songs to get my head in the game and, and be mad. Because um, I've made a lot of mistakes in my life, so as many other people. Uh, Beware. Beware is one of the last ones I listen to before I take the field. Uh, Because, you know, it says it in the name, you got to beware. You got to beware of these errors and not let it happen. Because if you let it happen again, it'll keep building, build, build, and you'll do it more frequently. And you don't want it to happen more frequently. So the best way is through conditioning and the same way you go out and feel and practice you're conditioning your body to listen to a certain response you're listening your brain to listen to a certain response when it listens to a certain melody and i i like to get angry because i'm very <laughs> passive aggressive and i don't i'm not really aggressive at all unless i'm going out um,
0: <laughs> true but i
1: i like true. to listen to music to be to have my my anger be funneled because I don't let myself get angry very often because it's an unnecessary trait. You don't need to be angry and you don't need to make the world a worse place. Um, but when you step on the field, the first thing I want to do is smother everyone.
0: That's interesting. <laughs> So I, I gotta
1: be angry. I got it. Yeah. Be that
0: angry. that's kind of interesting. Cause like, uh my my mood can be changed by the music i'm listening to so like if i'm angry like i'll listen to angry stuff but like right before i go out and compete i kind of have this thing where it's called a progressive lock-in playlist and basically like the five final songs that i listen to have all been walk-up songs for me while i was playing baseball so I'll, i'll run through them now so the first one we got is crazy rap by afro man now again if you're younger and you don't know what this is you probably shouldn't listen to it yet until you're, you're a little bit older but yeah
1: usually it has explicit content on it
0: yeah i'll listen to it with the boys we'll wrap it together you know it, it gets me in a good mood ready to go it's kind of like a little bonding thing you know I, i'm just enjoying myself and then we move on to look at me now by you know Chris Brown, Lil Wayne, Busta Rhymes. Like, like the, the you know, the, 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 goats, some of the goats. And I, I like to try and kill the, uh, the Busta Rhymes and Lil Wayne verses before I, before I move on oh. to the next song. It gets me hyped, I, gets me locked. And, and my brain's moving at a hundred miles per hour. So I'm ready to go. What's for up? those of
1: you who aren't always around us, when this man starts singing crazy rap, no one can get him out of his own.
0: Ever. Oh, I'm always in it.
1: He's in and it.
0: You, you in see it. it at parties. or oh. just chilling at apartments. If it comes on, you know, I got the whole room bumping. That's just yeah. how it is. I just Remember, love it.
1: Last time we went to this billiards bar, right? And this guy's like, <laughs> okay, okay, let me get Ox. Let me get Ox. Goes up to the touch tunes pad. What does he play? Crazy, crazy rap. rap.
0: <laughs> I'm like oh, this is the version, but it's these. Yeah, you know, we got the we got the bar bumping. All the boys were having a good time. I was just standing there rapping, playing pool. But yeah, that that's just kind of one of my songs. But moving on to the next one, we got "Right Above It" by Lil Wayne and Drake. Uh, so I got this song from the show Ballers, and I heard it back in high school for the first time when I was watching the show and I immediately fell in love with it and I made it my walk-up song for sophomore year. And I, I was playing really well. And a lot of the times when I'm playing well, I attribute it to you know, getting pumped before my at-bat. So right above it is kind of that flip in my playlist where I go from messing around, just kind of rapping, listening to music to, all right, it's time to get focused, time to get locked in. So that, that right above it is kind of my, my transition song. So you get that hype beat, those crazy raps, and then boom, I flip it. Now we're going to classic rock. Classic rock's always the ending area before I compete. That's what locks me in. With the first one, we got Crazy Train. Everyone knows the intro to Crazy Train. That's just the, one of the best intros to any song ever recorded. And that was my walk up freshman year. And I, I love that song. I, I would go on a tear whenever I would hear it. I would listen to it when I was in the gym, while I was practicing, while I was in the game, like I was all for that song. So that was, that's the point in my, my players where I'm like, all right, like we're getting there this next song. And then it's time. And that next song, that absolute banger to end it on. Rock you like a hurricane. You know it. That was my walk up for softball this year. Mm-hmm. What did I do? I got out one time the entire season and it was dominant. Mm-hmm. Rock you like a hurricane. Uh, it, it, the song is kind of like a tie for me because like it's a tie to baseball where like I'm about to rock this pitcher. I'm about to hit this ball 600,000 feet. Like, I am ready to go. I am locked in. We are on top of it. So, Rock You Like a Hurricane is that song that I ended off on. That's where I got that death stare going. I'm ready to go. You cannot take me out of the zone. But I I just think it's kind of interesting, like, the difference between you and I when it comes to getting pumped up before a game. Because you're more focused on anger, like, getting ready to, like, almost, like, kill someone on the field. Yeah, basically. and I'm basically there, like I'm going from a vibe to getting locked in to where I'm motivated right like I think I'm like a like a walking montage essentially when I hear these songs, and I'm picturing the right moment, but you know I, I don't end up getting mad or angry I'm just like I'm happy, I'm ready to go, but like you know i'm i'm here to, I'm here to win right i'm I'm there no matter what so i I just kind of found that interesting the The two different styles we have.
1: Uh, A lot of mine ties into, um, like, I used to do Taekwondo, right? And Mm -hmm. that was my channeling of all of, like, built-up frustrations and stuff. Like, you kick it out. You punch it out. Um, And then when I started wrestling is when I really started, like, finding a way to, like, I could slam guys. Throw them down (laughs) and completely wreck them. Yeah. and I, it was nuts like that's when I started to get hype when I would be out there you'd see everyone else like because it's you versus one other person and you're basically trying to kill them and, and you'd go out there I remember the first time I ever wrestled there's this guy came out he's he's looking out mean and stuff Wow, <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna come out you he starts jumping like a monkey starts slapping himself and stuff and I'm like geez like what's going on with this guy? I didn't really need to do that. And I'm over here, like, listening to some, like, nice little Wayne, like, kind of chilling and stuff. And then then he whooped me. (laughs) He absolutely threw me. And I'm like, I never want this to happen again. I was so mad. So, so mad. And that's when I kind of switched it up. And I was like, I don't want this to happen again. I don't want to be embarrassed in front of my family and friends Mm -hmm. like this. So, ever since then, I mean, I became, like, a great wrestler.
0: But, and so, exactly. I mean, yeah, I just think that's interesting. And, like, I, as a viewer, you guys can see, you know, there's multiple ways to get prepped and get locked in for any kind of match. You, you can take the angry route. You can take the progressive lock-in. You can take, like, classical music, like my other roommate, Proc, he he liked classical music before games. It helped him get locked in. And one of my other boys, he likes listening to pop music when he's getting ready to do stuff. So there, there's a bunch of ways to kind of get locked in. Doesn't necessarily have to be what we like to do. But I just thought this was a good question because you know it kind of shows you what we think before we get started. What what we're thinking about when we're going into the next match. Hey, it's just something interesting.
1: Yeah, I think also as a listener, I challenge you to, to look out for that. What are, Ask your your fellow players and fellow athletes, what do you do to get pumped? How do you get pumped? See how they perform on the field based off what they're doing before the game. I remember when I was uh, playing lacrosse and our team was really bad, as you might have heard in the, in the first podcast. Um, mm-hmm. but it, then I started to realize when our when he got our new coach, we'd be on the buses and we'd play like, like chill, like, hey, hey, like that type <laughs> of music, and we wouldn't be like locked in, we would just be having fun playing around, and then we'd get our butts whooped on the field. And then I remember our coach came in one day, and he was pissed off because we started playing water by Ugly God, which is not like hype yeah, at no. all and we were literally pulling up to the um to the field and he's like you better turn that off like <laughs>
0: yeah. if, you, if
1: I ever hear you guys play this type of music again you're off the team and I remember I was like dang like I, I it was like the back of the bus vibes. so everyone else in the front of the bus was listening in and like like focus and then all of us in the back of the it's like hey like we're just chilling out
0: here yeah my, it my coach is weird too my my coach like so before games we would do batting practice on the field and we'd play music over the speakers but he he liked just some some weird stuff like the the sweet dreams song like that was like one of his go-tos and that's not one that really gets me pumped up but he liked that kind of genre of rock I was just not about it. So I would always bring out uh, earbuds and just listen to stuff while I'm shagging in the outfield or like while I'm getting ready to hit, you know, it's whatever, but uh, it's just interesting. Cause people's taste in music is different for every situation.
1: Yeah. And I also challenge you guys to listen to new types of music mm-hmm. explore all fields. Cause uh, just cause you're, you're, you're not feeling it at some point in time, doesn't mean that you won't feel it as, at another. So, right. like I mean, it took a while for me to like classical music, but every time when I'm studying or I'm doing homework or I'm like, li- I'm reading articles and stuff, I put on classical music because it calms me down and it makes me relax and it makes me get in the zone.
0: Yeah, also go look at the, the walk-up songs for MLB players. You'll see that there's a crazy diversity in music choices. A lot of them do country, a lot of them do rap. There's some rock in there. Like it's, there is a clear like diverse amount of music that people listen to. And, you know, if you want to model it after an MLB player, go ahead. Just make sure it's something that you know you're gonna get locked into. Because if you're just trying to copy someone and copy their playlist, like you're not gonna get it. It has to be something personalized and tailored to you.
1: Yeah, be original. You know, use other people as molds, but always be yourself and find who you are in that.
0: It's a big development key. I, on that note, I guess we should probably wrap it up. So, uh, yeah, thank you guys for watching episode two. Hope we brought some insight to some some interesting topics today, as well as some good question and answer segment. So, yeah, thank
1: you guys for listening. Continue to. Uh, Stay tuned for our podcast and comment and subscribe.
0: Yes, sir. All right. Have a good day.
1: Goodbye.